Good day, folks. My name is John, and I want to take the time to say thank you for sacrificing a bit of your day and a bit of your time to listen to the words and thoughts and considerations that I have. It is indeed a humbling honor. And when I say humbling honor, I say that to you with the utmost humility. Indeed, it is an honor. An honor that is something that we don't talk about too much in our society anymore. In fact, it's a word that seems to have lost favor. We hear privilege, we hear grace, we hear entitlement, we hear a lot of words thrown around. But we don't hear the word honor. It took me a while to think about what I wanted to say during this podcast. Many things have been on my heart and my mind this day and this past week. To be sure, I've been rather blank in what message or what, uh, what thought I wanted to convey to you. You should know a few things about me. You should know a little bit about who is speaking to you. And you should know a little bit about where I come from, what I'm all about. You should first know that I am a terrible man. I have committed terrible acts and terrible deeds. I have betrayed many people. Most importantly, my wife. I come from a background that you could say is comfortable. I've had the luxury and the privilege of many things. I'm not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm not starving either. My father, he was a good man who taught me how to think. He taught me to pursue truth, knowledge, and wisdom. When I was young, he gave me a Bible, and he said, Here, read this. Read this. In a lot of cases, you could say that I was raised very much so to be anti-Catholic. Oh, I can sit down and tell you left and right about how those terrible Roman Catholics ruined everything. This is how I was raised. My father and mother both were raised in the city and they were raised with that Roman Catholic city Catholicism after Vatican II. And this is what I know and this is what I was raised with. I was raised in a very tough household sometimes. Sometimes it was just me and my father. My father who gave me my first Bible. And my father and I would argue. Now, I have been told by others that when my father and I argued that it was not like how a lot of fathers and sons argue. See, my father was a captain for an airline. And as a captain, most people don't realize this, that you are always right. 
Now, how do you argue against someone who is always right? They are paid to be always right. They are paid very well to be always right because the stress involved of being always right when you have people's lives in your hand at any given time is great. And so I was raised in a household with a man who was always right. And it drove away his marriage. Drove away friends. In some cases it drove me away, though circumstances warranted me sticking around. And it was difficult. So I cannot compare my upbringing as being unique. I can only say that some people have mentioned to me that it was a little bit abnormal. But I will tell you how it was, and you can decide for yourself if you can relate. For you see, when fathers and sons argue, which they do as they ought be, as they ought do, Those arguments tend to not last for days. Mine, however, did. My father and I would argue, the two of us, for eight hours at a time, back and forth. Ideas back and forth. And as I got older, I started to come up with ways to dance around his arguments. And this is how I was raised. I was raised around men who argued in a similar fashion, though I don't believe as fervently as my father did, for you see, my father, all he had was the argument, and all he had was me. And all he had was his faith. Truth was very important to him. And he was raised thinking that what he had been told had been falsehoods. And so he studied very diligently. I have many of his books. I have his notes, and they are thorough. They are very thorough. My wife has struggled with this, this way about me of arguing. I have been told that I am decidedly detached from an argument, and oftentimes I am. Oftentimes I am. But it is in the pursuit of truth and knowledge that I argue. I was also raised with an interesting sense of entitlement, though not intentionally. Not intentionally. It was an unfortunate consequence of the environment in which I, I was raised in. I admit to it. I admit to it. I am guilty. I am guilty of many things. Lustful, adulterous. Easily, I admit to these things. I am guilty. And it has taken me a long time 
to be open about these things. So much, in fact, that at one point in my life, it got me into a great deal of trouble. And the Lord sent me a brother. You could call him a prophet. Who walked with me for a little bit. And he was a kind man. Though a few years shortly thereafter, we had a falling out. And he went his way and I went mine. I grew up with a bug up my backside against the church. Now people want to say that the Catholics, as my father said, have done this and that. I say too, let us look at what we have done. And I see the Protestant church. And I was raised in a typical Protestant church, denominationally. I don't believe it overtly matters. Because I start to see the same activities in most of them. Where I had questions that nobody could seem to answer. I had a thirst to philosophize. On the flip side, I was also raised, in a sense, to be told to believe that commentaries in the early church fathers were silly and superfluous individuals. I can read the Bible on my own. I don't need anybody to tell me how to read it. Well, this is partially true, as I have learned. And I have learned that life is far more complicated than I think we make it out to believe uh, make it out to be. I have lived in hell. For you see, I agree with what C.S. Lewis says that hell is a door locked from within. That we are either to be immortal gods or immortal horrors or terrors. And I believe that, for I have been that immortal terror and horror. That has been me. This is who you are speaking to. This is whom you are listening to. As I get older, I look back on the path that I have left behind me. And I see the people that I have hurt. Do I want to point fingers to anybody? No, because I point the finger to myself. I will not apologize for the privileges and the graces and the luxuries. I will say thank you. And forgive me for what I have done with them. For being the poor servant of that grace and that privilege. This is who I am. I am difficult and I am challenging. I am frustrating at times. But I too am frustrated at a status quo that I can no longer support or stand for. And I tell you what I see. For it is that which I see in myself. It is that which I have striven for and desired. 
where you see life is complicated. Life is messy. Life is not a simple answer. Life is not a lucky dip into the Bible, spout off a verse, and so be it. Life hurts. And I have caused a great deal of it. I said that I have lived in hell. I have. I have wrapped myself in the cold darkness of the night. I have danced with that devil at the pale moonlight. I have. I blame no one but myself. I have dishonored the Lord. And I have broken many hearts. And my brother, my prophet, said to me, he explained a mystery to me, that the first heartbreaks will be your own. Oh, I didn't understand this. For if I speak in metaphor, I will say that my brother spoke in metaphors that would make your head swim. And he was difficult to ingest. He was. And I love him nonetheless, though we parted ways. But he was difficult at times. And as I get older, I realize the weight, the weight of the sin that I have committed. Pick up your cross and bear it. This is what the Lord has commanded us to do. For now that I start to understand, have started to understand many years ago, just starting. That my heart is the first one that breaks. After the Lord's, of course. Because, you see, I know the wages of my sin. I know the damning pill that it is to swallow. Because I have been there and I have done it. And my heart breaks. Because I do not deserve the grace and compassion and mercy that I have been given. That I have been given. What do I deserve? Nothing. I deserve nothing. I am entitled to nothing, and yet I have been given everything. I am the one who put the Messiah, the Lord, on the cross, and I am the one who nailed him to it. Why? 
because of my own hatred and anger and ego and lust. I, I, me. Now you might say, why beat yourself up over this? I'm not. I am not beating myself up over this. I am looking at the result of a lifetime. And I am the harlot sitting by the Messiah at the well. And he looks at me. And he says, Nor do I condemn you. Go out and sin no more. Go out and sin no more. My God, what have I done with this life of mine for all of the precious gifts that you have bestowed upon this world? And I wipe my backside with it. I don't deserve you, Father, but yet... You say my grace is sufficient for you. Go out and sin no more. Yes. This is who I am. This is who I have been. And I struggle every single day examining my life examining my words, holding regret and fear and trepidation. How do I use these gifts for good, for right, to further God's kingdom? I'm not perfect, but my heart breaks knowing that the wages of sin are death. And I see a church that wants to change the nature of sin. I see a church. And when I say church, I mean everyone who bends their knee to the Lord. Who calls Jesus master. We have to be accountable to each other across the board. None of this interdenominational nonsense. The Catholic is much of my as much as my brother and sister as the Methodist, as the Episcopalian, as the Baptist, as the Lutheran, as the Coptic, as the Eastern Orthodox. We are all brothers in Christ and we are all to be accountable towards one another. If my hand causes me to sin, this affects the rest of my body. We don't get that. It's us against them. No, no, wrong. It's like us against ourselves. And my heart breaks. Because instead of holding true to the path of figuring out why, what did I do in my arrogance, in my ego, 
I said, Lord, I am better than this. I deserve more. No, foolish me. Foolish me. When I stumbled, I had brothers come to me and said, let me help you. Thank you. Thank you. I was sick. I needed help. But all is not well. All is not well. We don't stop. We have a lifetime. The race will be over when we put ourselves in, when we are put into the grave and our souls go home. Or maybe when we are truly awakened before the Lord and the grace that he has bestowed upon us. These things sound arrogant and haughty. But the true humility is knowing, is to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and have your heart break and say, these ways are not the ways of the righteous. These are not the way. In my way, I can't expect you all to understand what I'm saying. I can't expect you to take any of this. It's up to you. It's your choice. If you see what I see and you feel what I feel, then maybe we got something there. But if you don't, then I can't. I don't know what to say. I'm not forcing anybody to do anything. But I can tell you that if I can look in the mirror, if I have been given the sight and privilege to be able to examine myself, which is what we are called to do, and we are given the grace and the option to know what is sinful, then we got to go do it. I can't force you to do it. I wish to honor the Lord. To bend my knee to him. I don't want to show off. I've been the show off. I have been. The guy who did some things for laughs. To get a rise. I used my talents. Poorly. But I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy. who walks with the Lord first. I want to be the guy who honors the Lord. I want to be the guy who sits in the back, bends his knee. Because I don't want to be up front. I don't like being up front. I want to be in the back. I don't deserve to be there. But I know that I am graced with the privilege to do so. Most of what I say is personal reflection of who I am. 
the faults within myself. Yes, it is a, a, a toad line to be able to say, look at all that I'm doing. No, 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 don't look at all that I am doing. Look within yourselves and ask yourselves the questions. Examine your own hearts. I am guilty. I am guilty. And the wages of my guilt and my sin are condemnation. I have been many places. I have done many terrible things. I have been in the us against them argument. I have been in the throwing stones at that other church argument. I got my Bible. Let me just throw it at you. This is not the way. This is not the way. My heart breaks because I have seen the grace of forgiveness and mercy and I do not deserve it. I do not deserve it. I deserve those people who said to me, I cannot forgive you for what you have done. That's what I deserve. But I bend my knee and my heart to the Lord. And I say, Father. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And if I can live knowing that Paul stands in glory next to Stephen. The man who murdered another, who has been forgiven. My heart breaks even more for how beautiful, how wonderful is that grace. How amazing is that grace. Thank you for listening to my confession, my sorrow. It has been a privilege and an honor so much that I cannot comprehend that you would take the time to listen to what I have to say. And I believe that maybe if we tried to walk a little bit more honorably, understanding what it means to walk honorably, then I think maybe, and this is just my thoughts on the matter, we might start to see a little bit more of the world in a little bit different context. Because you see, with honor, though the world might sin against you, Remember, you've done your fair share. No matter what the world does to you, if you can say, 
I forgive you because I was forgiven and I don't deserve it. And nobody really deserves it. But I'll maintain my honor. For it is the Lord who glorifies me, not me. I, I have nothing to do with it. I've only been asked to do one thing. Go out and sin no more. Again, thank you for the time, the privilege, humbling honor that you have bestowed upon me. And I say this. Maybe if your heart breaks too, that's okay. It's okay. Because God's heart broke long before ours did. And he still says, good day. God bless. You are forgiven. Now go out and sin no more.